This is a brand new series that we're starting. It's just going to last over this Thanksgiving season, uh, and we really do love this season. I personally uh, think Thanksgiving should be a season. It's not just a day. It's a season, right? I know how many skip Thanksgiving people are in here. You're, you're, you've been listening to Christmas music for a month. Shame on you. Um, and so... Uh, yeah, yeah I, know, I know the house is already done, Laura. I know, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, but, but hey, you know, she, she, she balances that with the thankful post. That's true. So honestly, I think that's a, that's a, that's a big deal. Like, I want, I want Thanksgiving to have kind of a season feel. And because of that, we, we talked about maybe before and after Thanksgiving, we talk about this idea of thankfulness, this idea of gratitude. Now, the interesting thing about Thanksgiving and the holidays, we know this, is that they happen regardless of whether or not you're necessarily in good circumstances or in good situations in which you happen to be thankful, right? So they happen, you know, nonetheless, they happen at reg- reg- with regularity every single year, whether or not you actually feel all that thankful or not. And to be honest, as a staff, we know just from the prayer request, just literally in the last uh, couple weeks, really a month, um, we we got people in our in our family, our church family, that are going through some incredible, difficult times, tragedies. Um, we we know people that have that have lost family members. They've lost lives from I mean evil acts to illnesses to uh, suicide, and and we know people are dealing with that loss right now. We know people are dealing with uh, children that are well. We know people are dealing with job issues. We know people that are dealing with family, other family issues. So guys, we, we know just even from our own, our own church family that there are difficult seasons that even people right now are walking through. And yet we have this idea that there is, there is a way in which we actually can still embrace and engage in a season like this, like this season of Thanksgiving, uh, with gratitude, and that becomes ultimately the, the, the call of this series. So I'm going to take you to the theme verse. Here's the theme verse. I want you to read uh, what's in yellow with me as I read through the verse. You guys ready? Let's read it out loud. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Boy, if you couldn't put anything else to memory, this is a good one to put to memory right? This is a good little phrase to always have in your head. As a matter of fact, let's just read that again. Read the yellow. I'll, I'll read the whole thing. You ready? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. And what happens? This is what he says. You will what? Experience God's what? Peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. This peace will Guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? It means that there is something about our prayer and, and kind of fighting the, the anxiety within us. You know, don't worry about anything, pray about everything, and, and, and have this response, this, this, this response of gratitude, no matter what, because of Christ. And there's something that's going to happen. He's going to guard your hearts and minds. Right? He's going to give you a peace that's beyond even understanding, but you do get to experience it, and it's going to guard your hearts and minds. It's going to be a protection for you. So that even in harsh circumstance, even in struggle, you can still be grateful and experience gratitude. Really quick story. I was uh, kind of walking through the lobby just a few weeks ago, and, um, it was, and if you see me walking quickly through the lobby... Just trust me, I don't walk quickly anywhere, so I'm usually late to something. I'm trying to get somewhere. I'm trying to find someone, right? 
Uh, and I do what I normally do, though, even if I'm walking quickly and late and trying to find somebody, I usually see people and I'm like, hey, how you doing? What's up? You know, and I'm, it's not insincere. It's just what I do, right? I mean, it's, it's trying to greet as many people as I can along the way. Um, and I just said, hey, how you doing? To someone, one of our new folks in the, in the, in the lobby. And she responded, but it was a little bit longer than what I was expecting, right? It was, a, it was an actual statement. And as I was walking by, I stopped. It made me stop and turn back. And, and it was one of those where I didn't think I heard it right. You know, you ever have those feelings? I think I heard it right. So I asked again. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't catch that. What did you say? And she said, oh, she said, well, in my faith tradition, how I was raised, when someone asks how you're doing, we're, we're taught to respond that I'm blessed and highly favored. Have you ever heard this phrase before? Right? I'm blessed and highly favored. And immediately I was like, oh, wow, that's, that's cool. You know? And then she says, and in response to that, you say something like, I hope you are too. And then I, and then I walked away with a smile like, I hope I am too. You know, I mean, it's just that moment, right? I'm walking away like, I hope I'm also blessed and highly favored. But it was an interesting, I mean, it really planted a seed for me in my heart of as I was praying for and preparing for this series to go, you know what, God, what does that look like? To, 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 to really be able to respond that way, not just so that it's a canned response, but to be able to really feel that way. And so this is a great quote, uh, again, that I wrote down as I was kind of praying through and preparing. This is from Ann Voskamp. She's an author. Gratitude is not only a response to God in good times, it's ultimately the very will of God in hard times. Gratitude isn't only a celebration when good things happen. It's a declaration that God is good no matter what happens. It's a declaration that God is good no matter what happens. We just sang it this morning in our worship, right? God is good. He's faithful. He's been oh so good to me. Like, like that's part of even our worship, this declaration that God is good no matter what. So if you Google the most um, common asked question among adults in a conversation, you're always going to come back to this question, and, and some variation or not. Hey, how you doing? How, how's it going? And everybody has a pre-programmed response, which is what? What do you usually say when someone says, how you doing? Yeah, yeah, fine, good. Depends on whether you're raised in the south or the north, right? Southerners are much more happy about it. They usually say good, right? Fine is another one, right? I think that's more northern. <laughs> fine. But that's, that's kind of our pre-programmed response, regardless of how things are going, because nobody really wants to know how you're doing, right? That's usually the way we feel. But if you're in a community or you're with among friends or family and somebody says, well, how are you doing? usually we will, if we have the opportunity, we will respond with how things are actually going or how you feel like you're doing. And, and that is almost always driven by current circumstances, current emotion, current feelings, right? That's usually what dictates that response. So, you know, Tracy and I, this is my wife right here, we can, you know, have a couple calls during the day. Um, we could talk early in the morning and, you know, hey, babe, how are you? Oh, good. You know, good usually means for Tracy that she got up on time. She didn't oversleep. Uh, she's got her coffee in. She didn't get, she was not late for work and uh, things went well when she first got there. Am I right? Yeah. So that's good. Right. And that's usually what happens. Now, a couple hours later, because she deals with preschoolers and preschool parents, by the way, she deals with preschoolers and preschool parents. So I can call a few hours later and it can be like, hey, babe, how's it going? Oh, you know. Well, what changed? Well, probably the circumstances changed. Something happened. Something changed, right? 
to change her, that answer to that question, how you doing? So again, I, I look at this, and this is, I know this is going to seem like I'm just splitting hairs over some words, but I really do think there's something to investigate in terms of our reactions, like how we react, which almost always tends to be emotionally driven, versus necessarily how we respond. Because a reaction is sort of more, it's an impulse, it's like the doctor hitting your knee and the, you know, that kind of comes up. Like it's a, it's a reaction to something else. And almost always we react in such a way that is pretty emotionally driven. But we also have the opportunity to respond, which is really intentional. Okay? It's really intentional. And, and, and that's really the difference. I mean, again, it, we're, we're talking about beyond the surface of the way you use those words, like the heart condition, the heart posture, if you will, of what does reacting, reacting look like versus responding. And so this is a little example uh, I like to use every once in a while when, when giving, when talking about reactions and response. And, and uh, if you see right here, I've got two, two things that are more or less, kind of identical, right? They're kind of, they're kind of similar, all right? It's a microscope and it's a telescope. They both have lenses in it. They both change the, the way you view something. They both make things a little bit bigger. They both, and they're both children's toys, because so that's some cheap, all right? So I have a telescope <laughs> and a microscope. But when I'm in conversations with people, especially when it comes to how they're feeling about their growth, their spiritual growth, We'll talk a lot about the, this, this idea that our natural drift of response or, or reaction really is emotionally driven, and it's kind of like the, the microscope, all right? So I'll give you a quick example. I, I, I looked it up. I was trying to figure out what to show you under the microscope, and everything I looked at was disgusting. You know, I don't know if you know that or not, but everything under a microscope is pretty gross. So I found like the, the least gross thing for you to look at. You guys ready? It's a, a tongue. All right? Isn't that a cute baby, though? Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's cute. I, when I do that, it's not as near, near as cute. But everybody, everybody has a tongue, right? But here's that tongue. Here's the tongue under the microscope. All right? Yeah, that's what I felt, too. Yeah. It's like a, like a scaly shoulder of a mountain troll is what that is right there. Like, <laughs> it's gross, right? And, and, and yet it is amazing in terms of if you go even deeper, these like, you know, spiky, stalagmite things, right? They're, they're individually, like there's thousands upon thousands of them, and they're individually able to sense so many things from pressure to taste buds to everything else. Like it's phenomenal when you really think about God's creation, right? You, it's really amazing. But when you get down to that, that kind of level, like you, you're so, so enveloped in, in, in the tongue, right? Take, versus a, an actual just picture of the baby in the tongue. And that tends to be, again, this is, tends to be sort of the lens of our heart. The lens of our heart, because emotion drives us most of the time in, in our reactions, it tends to be driven like a microscope. It tends to intensify, magnify, blow up everything sort of in our view to where it's the only thing we can see. Everybody with me? That, that's what tends to happen. We have a natural drift with our emotions to react to what we're seeing and to what we're feeling, to what we're experiencing in the moment. It's not that it's not really there, but, but, but it tends to just get, get magnified. And it also explains maybe why two different people 
could respond to the same set of circumstances very differently as well. Why? Well, it depends on how emotionally driven their reaction is, right? Two, two different people could, could have, the, have the exact same circumstances happen to them, and they both might react very differently, and it really has to do with sort of this lens of the heart, sort of how we see things and, and what we're doing. And so this is where I want to kind of talk about, this is kind of the default for us, is this microscopic sort of lens of the heart to take everything that we see and it blows up and it, and it kind of becomes all-encompassing. It's really all we can see. So of course we react, right? Of course we react because that's all we have. Now, there is a way to shift our focus and to shift those lenses to be more like a telescope, right? So I would actually talk about re if reaction by emotion is more the microscope, uh, microscope picture, that responding intentionally really is kind of this idea of shifting to the telescope. Now, it doesn't matter whether it's a really nice telescope or a little kid's telescope. What's one of the most, what is, what is one of the first thing you usually want to see through a microscope? What, what do you usually want to see? What, what, the moon, right? I mean, everybody wants to just look at the moon. That, that tends to be the first thing. I mean, this is a cheap kid's <laughs> microscope. Take it outside. What are we going to look at? We're going to look at the moon. It's going to be amazing, right? Why? Because the telescope take what, takes what is and what seems like out of reach, completely untouchable, and brings it close, right? It brings it into like, not just close, but to like detailed view. You can see it, right? So depending on the strength of the lenses, you can see details and textures of the, of the actual moon itself, and, and, it's, and it's amazing, so I like to, when I talk to people about the telescope view, it's really more, I like to talk about it like this is really our faith. Our faith kind of shifts our heart's lenses into more of a telescope view because it takes what most people think is, you know, untouchable, unreachable, far away, like a God up in heaven somewhere that no one knows, and our faith brings it into view. Our faith brings those details to us so that we can see and understand it better. Does that make sense? That's, that's a big shift in how these lenses are used to do that. It's also when I tell people about our faith, uh, you know, the faith that we have as followers of Christ is not a blind faith. Have you ever heard anybody argue that for you when something like, like Christianity is a blind faith? Christianity is not a blind faith. Christianity uses our faith, this telescope, to look back not only at the word of God, but, but our grandparents and our parents and our friends and our experiences. And it looks back at the way in which God has worked and moved and done things in our life to, to, to see who God is and what he's done and what he's doing. And we can turn it to look to see what he's promised he will do. Like our faith is not blind. Our faith is something that we can see clearly with detail. What God has done is doing and has promised he will do in the future. The other thing I like about this example sometimes is I tell people, you know, the moon is just a big ugly rock, right? The moon is just this big ball of dirt. Um, it, it doesn't have any actual light. I don't know if you guys know that. It doesn't actually do anything. It's literally just a, just a ball of dirt in the sky. What we see when we look at the moon is the reflection of the sun. It's the sun reflecting off the moon that gives it all its purpose and meaning and texture and beauty. 
So, so this lens doesn't only for us look back at our circumstances, look back at the things that were happening in our life. This lens re- sees the reflection of God on those things. Everybody with me? You know, th- this lens sees what God was doing, what God, how God was active. It's, this lens allows us to see, you know, uh, the way we were walking with God at that time, how we were close to him at that time, or what we felt like at that time. That's really one of the beautiful pictures of that telescope and our heart lens in terms of how can we move to a place so fixed, instead of just being blown up and overcome by our current circumstances, how can we respond with gratitude because we can use that telescope to bring that all back in. We barely remember what God did for us yesterday, let alone a year ago, let alone before COVID, right? We need our faith, we need this telescope to go back and bring those things back into view in order to respond with gratitude. So that's the question that we're answering over the next two days or next two weeks is this question. How do we intentionally respond, right? We believe that that response is intentional with gratitude in those difficult seasons. How do we do this? And we're going to take time over the next two weeks to talk about that. Now today, uh, this is a little more of a personal message for me today because I want to just share with you some of the disciplines that I not only see in scripture, but some of the things that for me have helped me, you know, not only, not only be more grateful as a person, but to experience, and, and, and not whether it's Thanksgiving or not, but just to be able to, to be more of a thankful person in my life. And part of it has to do with how I have tried to work through taking my eyes out, you know, out of the drift of the microscope to my faith and to focus things always through the telescope, no matter what's happening. That, that, like that quote from Ann Voskamp, no matter what it is, to have the declaration that God is good. I want to give you four things just for me that I really do believe has, has helped. Now, again, I'll walk you through some of, some of my preferences It might be different for you. That's perfectly fine. Uh, I want to give you a lot of freedom with that. But these, these I feel like, are most important, all right? All of it comes down to worship, in my opinion, okay, for me. All of it comes down to, again, I want to see God for who he is, what he's done, what he's doing, and what he's promised he will do. And I need the telescope to do that, right? I I, want to be able to see that. That's, That's me responding in worship. And one of the ways, and again, we've, we've shoved a few things in the worship bucket, so you guys immediately think music or, you know, lighting a, ca- a prayer candle and praying in a clock. Like, there's a few things that you might associate with worship, but worship really is whatever act you're doing that, that focuses you on God, right? Focuses you on giving that worth back to Him. And one of the ways, the first two, what I'm going to give you today, are the two primary ways that it works for me. And that is the first one, which is reading God's Word, reading God's Word. Let me take you to this passage. This is in, uh, I believe it's Ephesians, right? Or this is Colossians 2, yes. It says, just as you accepted Christ as your Lord, you must continue to follow Him. And then it says, I want to let your roots grow down into Him and let your lives be built on Him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth. Not, Not just any truth, not just your truth but his truth. The, the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Like the, 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 the way in which you will overflow with thankfulness is to get your, let your roots grow down 
into his truth, into his word. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies or high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking or the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. Okay, don't, don't let sort of bumper sticker faith or what you were sort of told as a kid or what you've sort of, you, you're, you're all, you're all, everything you know about scripture and the truth of the word of God is what, not what you read, but what someone told you what they read. Someone explained to you what they read and what they saw. You have to have a root system that is deep into the word of God, deep into the actual word from him that, we, that has been blessed and given to us. Now, I use this, uh, this example a lot in terms of a tree. You've probably heard me say this before, but everybody loves a picture of a tree, right? The tree, oh, my tree, you know, that kind of thing. Like, everybody loves a picture of a tree, and they, you know, we can use it for all sorts of examples about swaying in the wind and feeding off the sunshine and the rain, you know, nourishing the tree, you know, and then you have those seasons in life where, you know, the, the wind comes and takes the leaves off, right? And and, and things get a little more harsh, especially here in the south, right? And in the winters, uh, things get a little more harsh. That's, that's a great picture of just even us in terms of spiritually walking with God. Because we all are going to have amazing times where our, our arms are out and the wind is blowing and it's just amazing. We feel everything. We feel God in everything we do. We bask in the sun. We nourish from the water and the rain. But you will also have, and we talked about this in the last series, you'll also have hardships and struggles. The harsh wind will come and take the leaves away and take the protection away and, and, and the sun and the droughts, droughts will come and the sun will bake, bake that, that exterior bark and, and, and make it where it doesn't even look like it's alive anymore. And how does a tree make it through those times? Well, it's, it's its root system. Right? It's its root system. And when does the root system grow? Not necessarily in the hard times. The root system grows when it's in those good times, nourished and, and, and receiving, because that's what we do when we're reading God's word. We're, we're focusing back on him. We're putting our eyes and minds back on him to be able to focus and have gratitude because we're going to put our roots down in his truth, in his Word. My go-to, like I shared with you before many times, my go-to is probably the Gospels and some of the poetry books. I love Psalms and Proverbs and um, Song of Solomon and Ecclesiastes. I, I just love all of those. Those are my, kind of my go-to reading. And if I'm just not studying something or whatever, I'm just reading. Sometimes I'll, I'll read different translations, you know. Um, I've shared with you before, like we use the uh, New Living Translation, the NIV is great, uh, the RSV is great, the C, uh, CBS is good, um, a few others, ESV is great, uh, they're, all, they're all good, and sometimes if I feel like I'm getting stuck on things, I'll go read a different translation, sometimes I'll go read uh, a paraphrase, like the message, I do like the, the message paraphrase, sometimes I'll read the Amplified Bible, I don't know if you know about that, it's a, it's a translation, but in the translation there's uh, little parentheses where many of the Hebrew words and Greek words are, are, you know, kind of expounded on. That's a good way to say it. It's kind of expounded on where you'll see all the things that word means. Does that make sense? And there's great ways to do that in terms of, again, just kind of keeping that fresh and alive in your heart. But what's the purpose of it? The purpose is the roots. You've got to have a root system that keeps you fixated and fixed on the goodness of God versus the microscope of what's happening right now. 
The second way that it does it for me is through songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. Now, we're going to read a scripture in a minute that talks about psalms, uh, but in our current day and age, we don't necessarily recite psalms. We read psalms because psalms are in our, our word of God. So those are psalms. When I talk about songs, uh, uh, hymns, and spiritual songs, I'm talking about there are songs, there, there are, gosh, movie soundtracks. There are many, many different ways that music moves my heart, you know, that might not be a worship song. It might not be that. There are hymns, there are spiritual songs that, that sort of uh, move me. Now, the reason this matters, I'm going to get ready to read this scripture, is because it sort of hacks the heart, okay? It sort of hacks into your emotions. And God knows this, like he knew this when he made you, that there was going to be something about art, there's going to be something about, especially for the majority of people, music, that would sort of hack the emotions pretty quickly to help us see him and to help us change sort of that heart posture and there. So let, let me sh show you what he means by, uh, Paul's going to talk about the, this to the church in Ephesus. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but those who are wise, okay? What, 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 what do wise people do? They make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. They live with intentionality. They live with purpose. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. And he gives a few more statements. Don't be drunk with wine because it's going to ruin your life, but instead be filled with the Spirit. And we just did a whole series on what does it look like to live in step with the Spirit and be led by the Spirit. And again, he points this out, to sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. Why? Because it's something that hacks the emotions. It, it, it dives into the heart. And what happens? And give thanks for everything, right? To God, the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Something, some part of this process of kind of working through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs is to be able to sort of not just hack our emotions and touch the, the, our heartstrings, but to actually focus us back on God, to give thanks and gratitude back to him. Now, your music, this is fun, because we, you know, we sing corporate worship songs, that's great. Uh, we we kind of have a style here as a church, but when you are doing this individually, personally, guys, this is where your preferences like come out, right? This is where you get to enjoy whatever whatever does it for you, like whatever kind of taps it in there for you. Gosh, it might be classical music. It might be, who knows, what, what, what moves you and kind of immediately sort of kind of uh, hacks that, that your heart's emotions and moves you. I'm going to give you a quick example for me of some of the things that I listen to. It's a variety of things, the things that I like. I do like a variety of music, but I want to just walk you through ways in which this works for me in terms of just kind of jumping in and you kind of connect with things to move you there. This is the first song that uh, starts in my car every day now because it, jump, it jumps right in the car and as soon as my phone connects, this is it. This is the one we're doing in Kid Street. You know, they got motions and they're like, you got air in your lungs, you got blood in your body, you know, and they just sing, I'm so blessed. And so this has been in my car for a while. I love it. Now, I also really like uh, this new, the, the newest album out. I think it was the next one. Uh, the newest one I love is called, it's from Maverick City and Kirk Franklin, right? Because it just gets me moving, you know? It's just one of those. Everybody feel it, right? I love the repeating, like. 
Jehovah's by my side, right? Like it's just got a gray bridge. Oh, it just moves me every time. It could be a modern worship song where you have a chorus or a bridge that just does something for you. This is one of them for me. To, to see God do it again, right? I love this phrase. You made a way where there was no way, right? And I believe you can do it again. I mean, that's that me just kind of like, oh, I get moving with the music, I get moved by the lyrics, and it just takes me there. Now, I love Southern Gospel. You may not love Southern Gospel. I love Southern Gospel, all right? Listen to that four-part harmony right here. Mm. All right, that might not do anything for you, but it does it for me, right? It's fun, it's always country kind of bebopsy, you know, but I love Southern Gospel, okay? Not everybody does. This is one of my favorite things to go back and listen to. Now, you might also choose more like urban gospel with choirs. Like I love choirs, right? And it's like, oh, it's the repeating and I, can, I, I wanna be in that angelic choir. Does that make sense? This is called awesome. I'll oftentimes finish prayer with this. He's great. You know, I could be in that choir. And that's what's in my head the whole time. Oh, how awesome is our God. And I'll end my time with the, with the bridges. And I'll be, oh. Oh, I love this song. Okay. So it doesn't matter. Okay, your preference. Now, don't discount the hymns. Okay. The hymns have such a rich part of our history as a church. And again, I, I just love, the, if you don't know, uh, Carrie Underwood has a whole album of just hymns. So let's sing this along with her if you guys know. Then sings my soul. Just sing it along. My Savior God to thee. The best part about hymns is it didn't matter whether you could sing or not. You could usually get it out, you know? And then find some, if you can't sing, find someone that can sing, right? My soul, my Savior God, to Thee, how great Thou art, how great. Yeah, I love this. This is one of my favorite ones she does. We'll let her finish it because I can't finish it as strong as she does. good. Woo. Man, I'm telling you. Look, it, it's a Southern saying, but if that doesn't light your fire in some way, your wood's too wet. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, and listen, I know, I know there are people that music doesn't do this, but I'm promising you there's something. There, there's something, there's literature, there's art, there's something that engages your heart. And that's what Paul was really saying. Don't, don't take that and limit it to psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. There's something in you that engages your heart and can hack that place in you right away so that when you are overcome and overwhelmed by what's in front of you, 
you can take that telescope and you can dial in to how great he is, even if it's just that old hymn. I mean, Carrie takes me there every time. You know what I'm saying? Like right to the throne. And it can just, I mean, I have no choice but to be filled with gratitude, regardless of the circumstances. Here's two more. One is just rest. And and understand, I'm talking about Sabbath rest, not exhaustion, uh, not collapsing, you know, and passing out. We're not talking about that kind of rest, Uh, not, you know, finally having that time to binge watch your, you know, the next season of the newest thing, you know, or the thing you're hooked on Netflix. Like, that's not, that's not the rest that I'm talking about. I love this from uh, Psalm 46.10, where he says, and you guys might know this scripture, be still and know that I'm God. Why? Because I'm going to be honored in every nation, and I'll be honored throughout the world. He already talked about winning the, the, the war that was in front of him in, in, the, in that particular psalm and being a fortress for us. But I love the NS Again, translations are great because I love the NSAV, or NA, NASB because it says these words, cease striving. Because I think be still, maybe that just runs off you, but man, when I hear the word cease striving. What it tells me is that the gift of rest that God has given me is the ability to stop trying to control my life. Stop trying to be the, the, the manager of my universe. You know, stop trying to navigate everything and manage everything and, and try to manipulate things to go the way I want them to go. True Sabbath rest comes by just knowing that he's God, and he's got it, you know? That, that one of the greatest things you and I get to do is take a breath <laughs> and cease striving in these Sabbath moments. Okay, that's, that, that's a big deal for me, and I think that's another one of those ways in which it, it kind of gets us back to that telescope faith and the lens of our heart to be able to just take a true rest, and nothing can fill my heart quicker with gratitude then when I'm exhausted and I'm worn out and I've been, I mean, I've been, I've been living off my energy instead of his, everybody with me, right? I've been living off my energy instead of his and I'm ready to be exhausted and just kind of collapse and, and God can whisper to me that that's not the rest that I'm looking for. The rest that I'm looking for is the, the kind that ceases striving and to rest and know that he is God. The fourth one is prayer. And obviously, this is part of our theme verse, right? Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. And prayer is not its own thing, because I'll be honest, a lot of the stuff I'm sharing with you today is all tied in with prayer for me, right? It's, it, it's again, sometimes I'll start uh, my prayer time with uh, music. Sometimes I'll end it. Usually, I'll end it with music, because that's just kind of how I naturally kind of run. It usually starts with reading the Word of God, then it's praying, and then it's, you know, it's just the rhythms you find. But prayer is such a huge part of what he says is going to really bring, you, bring him back into focus to draw what gets further and further away, because we're so forgetful about how great God is, to bring it back into view, to bring it back into focus. Here's just a few verses to encourage you in that. Devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. What does he mean? Well, he means that an alert mind is is basically saying that we are not, don't hear this, we are not ignoring what's in front of the microscope. 
We are not ignoring or belittling or, or basically saying that those things don't matter and don't exist. Those difficult times don't, shouldn't matter. I'm not telling you that at all. Those difficult times come. The hardship comes. The struggle comes. Death comes. Sickness comes. And they're very real. And they very much stir us emotionally. But, but it says with an alert mind, meaning that you're, you're, be, you're aware of those things, but you're not letting those things overtake you because you continue to be focused on having a thankful heart. Keep going. In him and through faith in him, we approach God with freedom and confidence. Why? Because when he's not a judge, we talked about this in the last series, about the whole relationship versus role thing. When he's not a judge just out there in the far heaven somewhere just waiting for you to screw up, but he's your heavenly father because your faith is able to pull that close and understand it and see it, it changes how you approach him with confidence and freedom to be able to talk to your heavenly father and be able to bring everything to him in prayer. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will. <laughs> Just like the quote we read you. Yeah, I, I wanted to say it earlier, but the quote we read you actually comes from Scripture. This is God's will for those who belong to Christ. People ask me all the time sometimes, well, what's God's will for my life? I don't know, but I know this is part of it, right? It's as clear as it can be in Scripture. Part of God's will for our life is to remain thankful, no matter what, no matter the circumstances, to, to, to find the way we need to find to generate and cultivate the lenses we need for our heart and our emotions so that we can intentionally respond with gratitude regardless of the circumstances. See, I don't know what you guys are walking into this week. I don't know what you're walking into with family, um, Thanksgiving. I, some of you guys might be walking into some more emotionally charged things than Maybe I have to, right? Like, 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 I don't know your situation. I don't know your circumstance. I know that, that your natural drift is going to be to blow it all up, to, to let it get bigger than it should be, to let your emotions dictate how you respond and actually how you react. And, and I'm, my prayer for you this week and my, and my prayer for this series is that you would begin to work through the ways that you need to in order to get that lens shifted to the telescope where you begin to respond intentionally. You know, that, that, that listen, when somebody says, how you doing? You can say, well, I'm blessed and highly favored, right? And I don't mean that from a trite, you know, just response. I mean that from the fact that you can do the work that you need to do that you actually believe that that's true regardless of what's happening. Well, I am blessed. Whether it's a good day or your worst day, Every day is a good day, and you're the reason why. That's a fantastic part of that song. Because I'm a child of God. I am blessed and highly favored. My prayer this week is that you'll have opportunity, okay? Opportunity to put some of this into practice. Opportunity to, 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 to be able to see it coming and to know that God has a better plan for you. You have an option. You don't have to let it overwhelm you and overtake you. You have the ability to draw close to him and remain grateful and remain with a heart of gratitude no matter what happens. Let's pray together this morning. Father God, I'm so thankful for your word. 
the psalms, the hymns, the spiritual songs that move us, the rest that you promised and gave us, the ability for us to approach your throne of grace with our requests. It's the only reason that you said we don't have to worry about anything, but we can pray about everything. God, I'm praying today that everyone here and everybody watching online, God, that you will begin to work in them to help them move to a place that regardless of their current circumstances, not that those circumstances don't matter, and maybe regardless of their current emotions, not that their emotions necessarily don't matter, but to not necessarily let it dictate their gratitude. God, that every one of us would have the opportunities this week that no matter what's going on, that our gratitude for you will be a declaration of how good you are no matter what's going on in our lives. That's my prayer today, God, and it's only by your grace and your spirit that we can leave this place confident that we'll have opportunities to do that. We pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen.